Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Click, clack, click, clack. This is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. You're making a, f- a face. Was it the... That sound was... I know you're confused. My skeleton bones? Because I'm a skeleton. I'm doing Halloween fun. I'm a skeleton, so I walk around. It goes click, clack, click, clack. And when I eat soup, it falls right through my bones body because I don't have uh, skin to catch it. Skin is basically a tote bag for all the food that you... Oh, no. She's a Medusa. No. That's the ghost sound. I did ghost last week. I thought you might want to mix it up and be a Medusa or a... You know, a mummy or a swamp thing or a Iron Man or a... I'm the planet and I'm heating up. Oh, see, now I'm getting genuinely kind of... <laughs> uh, this is wonderful. It's a podcast where we talk about things that are good. And since it's our special Halloween episode, because we're not going to have another episode until November 1st, we thought we'd get real scary. And that's why I am sorry I deceived everybody and pretend to be a skeleton. I have flesh. I have organs. I got brain and eyes. I'm your hair and it's turning gray. Why are you doing that to me? You're doing real world problems. I hate them. <laughs> Skeletons don't exist except the ones inside our body, but I don't have to see those every freaking day. It's true. It's our Halloween spook spectacular, and I'm so excited for this holiday. It's probably, what, third, fourth best holiday? Do you count my birthday as a holiday? Or I guess your own? I do not, no. Okay. Well, third best holiday then. My birthday stopped mattering after I turned 30. That's a dark picture you've just painted for me because I just had that one. Are you saying 31? My birthday stopped mattering. Oh, no, baby. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. Are you, how are you vis-a-vis Halloween? Because I, I feel like I know the answer. Yeah, Griffin knows this about me. I have lost enthusiasm for Halloween almost entirely because all it seems like now is a list of chores that I have to complete by now, October 31st. I want to paint. I want to. I want to explain. All of this is because we just cannot go out and get turned anymore. And I really feel like there's a lot of things I really like about this holiday, even though we don't go out and get turned anymore. But that really is like you get your costume and you put it on, and you go out and you have like a fun night with you know a fun mischievous night with lots of you know pranks and spirits and. Can I tell you the other thing? Mm. I mean, not only. Am I going to be missing the mischievous pranks this year? But yeah. I'm also still not eating dairy. Yeah, because of the baby. Favorite, favorite things to eat are little fun size Snickers. I know. I love fun size everything. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, you can still have all my favorite candy, like Sour Patch Kids. You can't have it because mm-hmm. it's mine, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I still love me a good Halloween though, and I'm excited to talk about our favorite Halloween stuff. Yeah. I mean, even even for a for an old Scrooge, but for Halloween, what would that three be? Go- could still be Scrooge because three ghosts showing up, and it's still like, whoa, yeah, yeah how, spooky, how haunted. Uh, anyway, even for an old ghost Scrooge like me, there are still there are still some some good parts. I love Halloween. I'm not going to let you poo-poo the spirits. (laughs) You want to hear my stuff? I want to hear your first thing. Yes, please. I love how you print it out. I do. I take notes. I make sure it fits on one piece of paper. Oh, God, that's good. Yeah. Use like a size nine font. Get it all Oh, baby, you are singing my tune. (laughs) My first Halloween item that I think is wonderful and accessible to me as a dairy-free woman is the candy pumpkin. Candy pumpkin, like the little, not like the, the Reese's pumpkin. Like the... Like the, the mellow Do you say Reese's? Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Reese's be- pieces. <laughs> so wait, which one are you talking about? Like the like little waxy little son yeah. of a gun? Uh-huh. Baby, this is an unexpected turn of it events. Is. I don't usually like sugar candy. Uh, the mellow cream pumpkin is made primarily from corn syrup honey... Carnaba, carnaba wax and sugar. Okay, wax being sort of the key. These is candy corns in the shape of pumpkins, and which is why I was so surprised because you're not a candy corn fan, are you? I think I like the density of a pumpkin. Uh, it feels like a more substantial treat. But than you do a not like a, you do not like a candy corn. I mean, I, I don't dislike a candy corn. It's just almost like nothing. It's over before you even. Start it. See, my thought when I eat a waxy, waxy candy corn is never like, mm, I wish there was like 2.5 times as much mass in a different shape, but still a I lot think, of. You know, I think what it is, I think it's the texture. I think it's the honey. 
in there. Okay, and the car um, and the Chris Carabas wax. He was the lead singer, Dashboard Confessional. Okay, thank you. I was going to ask. Uh, wow, we did that at the same time. That was sort of a Halloween spooky. Dashboard Confessional mashup. I'll do Dashboard Confessional on these episodes. I don't give a fuck. I literally don't. We're on episode eight. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'll talk about Dashboard. I mean, I guess so. When I was in college and that band was popular, it was... It was not for me. It was for hmm. the. It was for the for the people the that youths, were the people who felt. Yeah, the oh, people that were just a little bit more sad. Than I me. feel everything. Yeah. Um. Tell so, me more about this. Let wax. me tell you about okay. this pumpkin. Here's what I love about Wikipedia. Sometimes you get little gems like uh, quote sometimes called candy corn's first cousin. Nah, it's just no. can't you can't call it. If I take a <laughs> Snickers bar and I roll it up with two point five times more Snickers bars and I put it in a big lump, it's not. This is the cousin of Snickers. It's not like if I went into Walgreens and I was like, "Oh yeah, excuse me, where do you keep the familial relation of candy corn?" You know, you know what I mean. You know the cousin. Uh so candy pumpkins. I've are... never seen you eat one of these. I feel like you're talking a bunch of yay right now. No, I do. I like them. All right. Do if you it... have a secret stash like in the bathroom cut? Like you keep it in a, the toilet tank and you just like dip in there. You hide it in the vents like you're Walter White and you go no, in there and you have a little pumpkin party. I don't have a problem, Griffin. I just enjoy it. Okay. Um. Okay. So believe it or not, they are made using a similar process to the way they make candy corn. <laughs> Different, a different mold, though, I bet. A lot of earth-shattering information yeah. to provide here. Uh, here's the thing that I found interesting. Okay. Uh, they've been around since, like, the mid-20th century, so, like, the 50s. Okay. Which That actually me. tracks for me. You, you, you're not surprised. It doesn't seem like a modern sort of invention. By the way, that's the first time I've said that word halfway normal in almost a decade. <laughs> um so, like, the 50s is coming around, and it's like, we need more stuff to throw in these kids' bags. And so, candy corn been around since the 20s. Holy shit. Took them okay, but tr- like trick several or, decades trick to get to that Trick-or-treating in popular culture has not really been around since the 20s, which to me means it's the 20s, All Saints Eve or whatever rolls around, and folks are like, we need something to eat. This was not like a, a dispensing mechanism. This was like, I want to eat this waxy corn. Well, yeah, I mean, candy corn doesn't necessarily have to be seasonal if you think about it. It absolutely. What are you? What? What have you? What have you just said? Okay, take out the colors. Let's just say it's like a yellow corn. It's just white, like a dog's tooth. Like you're eating yeah. dog teeth. Yeah, I love it. Have like Merry a, Merry Christmas. Here's some dog teeth. Or like the summertime treat, which is corn. Holy shit! You just made me think about just like chilling on the lawn in July, and I reach into a big bag of candy corn. Or candy dog teeth, and I just start chewing <laughs> away at those, and you've 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 sent a chill up my spine. <laughs> Ooh, spooky! Happy March. Here's a candy cane. <laughs> what are you saying? So, mellow cream is when all those ingredients I mentioned earlier are combined and uh, make love turned into a syrup. Uh, it has kind of a mellow, creamy texture, which is why they call it mellow cream. Is there anything dairy in it? Can no. you call it cream at that point? No, honey. Think about honey. What, baby? Hun- no. totally just razzed you and burnt you up oh damn is this how our podcast is now Uh uh-huh we just try and make fools of each other (laughs) burn was so good i'm playing my ribs like a xylophone i'm not a skeleton i gotta stop this okay here's what i here's what might be kind of a turnoff to you (laughs) because i'm rock hard right now thinking about eating pumpkin (laughs) wax pumpkins next line the mellow cream slurry is then divided into two uneven amounts, with the large amount receiving orange food coloring and the smaller receiving green food coloring. Now, which part's which in that one? Just kidding. I know. Being, one part's being cute right now. Um, and then they just put it together in a mold and bada bing, bada boop. Yeah. Okay. Uh, send to a drying room to dry for 24 to 36 hours. Once dry, the candy is shaken violently to remove excess corn starch. Get the fuck starch. out of here. Get the, get the fuck out of there, pumpkin candy. I'm and so comfortable. Final glaze is added to give the candy pumpkin a sheen. Okay. All of that, great. Next phase. <laughs> <laughs> 
This this is what I was like. Should I really talk about these pumpkins? Griffin's not going to be interested. Uh, can I tell you something though? I was not into it at first. Somehow you describing how it's made made me think of like how it's made. And if I saw pumpkin candy on like how it's made or yeah, un- unwrapped, nice, wouldn't it? Well, anything I see in unwrapped or how it's made, I'm like, I want to fucking eat that. It's like, are you sure? Because it's uh, car rims. <laughs> uh. Candy pumpkins played a role in the current U.S. implementation of daylight savings time. Oh, God. Did they petition against it, please? Since the 1960s, candy makers had wanted to get the trick-or-treat period covered by daylight savings, reasoning that if children had an extra hour of daylight, they could collect more candy. And so during the 1985 U.S. congressional hearings on daylight savings, which, hold on to your... Hold on to your butt, guys. That must have been thrilling. Uh, the industry went so far as to put candy pumpkins on the seat of every senator, hoping to win a little favor. So they were hoping that daylight savings time would be repealed so that kids would have more time, right? Because in the, in the, oh no, I it guess in October. It would be extended. Okay, past so that Halloween. kids could trick-or-treat Interesting. Longer, so, it, so it used to be daylight savings would roll over sometime before Halloween. Yeah, from okay. what from what I gather. Yeah. So in God, if only there was an easy way to like fix all of that, like say abolishing fucking daylight savings time. What the fuck are we doing, guys? It's twenty seventeen. I don't want to get into that. No, it's dark at three o'clock. Griffin, Griffin, this is wonderful. This is the podcast. Wonderful. You know what's wonderful? The sun. <laughs> Give it to me. I'm not gonna argue with you on that one. Uh so on July eighth, nineteen eighty six, Reagan. Uh, signed the Federal Fire Prevention and Control Act into law. Which changed time? Which contained a daylight savings rider, which continued daylight savings until the early morning of the last Sunday in October. Politics are so fucking buck wild. Fire is bad, and also it's an hour I gave you. I'm Ronald Reagan. Here's something that's crazy that just slid by me. In 2005, daylight savings time was extended to the first Sunday in November. In 2005, this happened like... That was the year I graduated high school. How did I not fucking know that? I don't know. So we can all agree we're playing fucking Calvin Ball with Daylight Savings Time then. Yeah, it was extended to the first Sunday in November, just long enough to include Halloween. Isn't that wild? That is pretty wild. I never really thought about it. I, I, being a Midwesterner, thought about it and its relationship to... Uh, the people that had to go out and work the land. The agricultural community. And so I thought it was very much based uh, on the seasons for each particular year. I did not realize it was just legislation. We're just playing fun. We're just playing fun. big candy sliding pumpkins onto chairs. Jesus. And that's all it took was one pumpkin, (laughs) one wax pumpkin candy. How many people fucking sat on it and got all of it? Fucking Robert C. Bird sat down. A pumpkin. (laughs) No, I've been bedeviled. <laughs> hey lobbyists, don't don't worry about so much money. All just, you need is some wax pumpkins. Just one pumpkin. Can I ask you? I don't have any candy as either of my things, so I want to take. Do you have another? Is your other one also candy? No, it is. Okay, not. then I want to ask you: What's your favorite Halloween candy? Is it is it with pumpkins? Because I think it's the the Reese's chocolate peanut butter pumpkin. business. But I just like chocolate peanut butter in general. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess I could have talked about that, but it's it's not as wonderful to me since I will not be eating it this Halloween. I always liked dots in a Halloween because you get oh the. Oh my gosh, you're the weirdest person in the world. <laughs> Griffin not only likes dots. Um, do you eat Good and Plenty? Fuck no. Okay, I eat Mike and Ike's. Mike and Ike's. That's what I'm thinking. Good of. and Plenty's gross. Good and Plenty's it's like, like the little... kind of candy where you see it at the movie theater and you think that must have been there since 1992. Okay, but I won't buy a big box of dots at the movie theater. Let me explain. Dots are little gumdrops. That's all they are. It's just gumdrops, and they take forever to eat. Yes, and they take out every single filling you have in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like I have any fillings. Oops, I have like Oops. 16. Yeah. Um, I get it. You get a little box of it and you pull it out of the bag. And then you see it, and you're like, mm, I don't know, I, I I, don't know about you, Dots, but you, then you think about it, and it's like, I can spend like a half hour eating this small box of five Dots. You you got, you got, cannot argue with that, that time to candy ratio. What other food in your life do you think, this will take me a long time to eat, and I'm excited about that? I mean, very little, but I mean, it's not candy. If I see a, a, a Three Musketeers or a Milky Way, Milky Way is probably my mm-hmm. favorite candy mm-hmm. bar, you crack open a Milky Way, it's like, mm, yeah, I'm about to eat a milk. Oh, no, it's gone. Dots are like, here I go. Let me get a book. 
Um, so if candy came on bones, let's say like ribs <laughs> or like inside a shell, you would be super into that. If, oh my God, baby. If I had to crack open a cra- crab leg and inside was like gummy nougat. worms, not nougat, but like, you know, sour patch. Actually, I take it back. Crab meat is the greatest invention. Can I do my first thing? Yes. I'm going to switch mine up because like it's so germane now. Uh, because it's our first wonderful, I feel like I can go pretty broad. And it's so, crab legs. It's crab legs. Thank you. A spooky <laughs> Halloween treat. They look like big red spiders. Uh, I just want to do trick or treating. Oh, this is. I got suspicious earlier when you seemed to know so much about when trick or treating started. <laughs> so uh, the act of like trick or treating, and I want to be very clear here that I'm talking about a separate thing than Halloween. Uh, and I also don't want to spend like a super long time getting into the origins of Are it. Are you going to talk about the thing? Yes, that is unique. Yes. Okay. Uh, it has. It has the act of like trick or treating has a, like a few different origins from like ranging from like ancient Celtic festivals to um, Scottish tra- Scottish traditions, which they called guising, which is one of the like earlier forms that it took in in North America. Um, guising yeah like disguising where yeah um but like since forever uh the act of mumming it has been like a fairly commonplace thing when it is time for a holiday and mumming is literally just going door to door and performing in some way in exchange for some sort of offering uh so like carolers is one one form of this this is not like an uncommon thing um, and that is essentially what trick-or-treating is. Um, but in, in the U.S., it first started to achieve popularity in, like, the 30s. There are some earlier examples of it sort of popping up from, from time to time. Um, but in the late 40s and early 50s, it started to be depicted in popular culture, like in magazines and uh, uh, radio programs. There was a Disney cartoon called Trick or Treat, I think in like 52 or something like that. And at that point, like that is when it kind of took hold. It was not like one year people were like, all right, y'all, we're going to do this thing. You're going to dress up like a mummy. You're going to be a Medusa. You're going to go door to door and you're going to get fucking wax pumpkins and candy corn i guess because candy corn's 30 years old it's 1952 and everything's kind of wild right now um the there are reports and i don't know if you've heard this that like it was a way to redirect this sort of mischievous energy that young folks had where they would just go around and fuck shit up that's largely apocryphal that is like there's actually not a whole lot of evidence to that being like this this like grand conspiracy of our nation's adults getting together and being like i don't know man they burned down my fucking house can we just give them some wax pumpkins and maybe they'll calm down about it that's the origins of it now about the practical application it was the best like when i was a kid it was absolutely the best um i feel like i've talked about this before but like we we were not ones to receive just sort of like random stuff like, it was not like my dad would come home and be like, here's a big bag of candy. Hell yeah. Like, we... Um, I have a hard time believing that, because the McElroys are so deeply... It's definitely true. Um, we, we, I talked about it with, like, uh, video games. Like, I loved video games. But if I wanted video games, it was either on my birthday, I would usually get one, or on Christmas, I would get, like, a few. And that's why you... Christmas was, was such a bonanza. No, I'm talking specifically about sugar. Yeah. Uh, because you told me that your family would get together and watch American Idol and eat a bunch that of That was candy. later. Yeah, I think that was in, like, the later years. Okay. Uh, when I could go out and buy my own shock tarts, or to be more realistic, <laughs> um, like, Justin would steal them from Blockbuster or something. <laughs> um, and... So, like, I wasn't always getting a bunch of candy all the time. And so Halloween was, like, so fucking exciting for the same reason that kind of Christmas was. Um, And there is nothing like finding out the best houses that had, like, the dope candy. I feel like that's kind of a trope whenever people talk about Halloween. Um, There's a few. The Halloween episodes of Bob's Burgers are so, so great. Uh, Especially the Candy Randy episode is is fantastic. But it, like, depicts this thing of, like, oh, you got to go to the house that hands out the full-size candy bars. I knew where those fucking were. There were three of them down by Raider Park, up near the tennis courts. You get up there, you get the full-size Three Musketeers and just, like, lose your mind. Um, And I remember... Do you have a favorite Halloween costume, like a trick-or-treat costume from when you were younger? Can you think of one off the top of your head? Um. Oh, gosh. I may have to ask my mom if she can track this down. One year I was Lisa Simpson. Oh my God, I would pay anything to see that. It was such a team effort. My mom crocheted me a red dress. 
uh, and made me a headband with spikes. And then my dad drew a saxophone on a piece of cardboard. God, that's And my good. mom drew like eyelashes on my uh, eyes. To be an only child and get that, just that pit crew working on you <laughs> Halloween night. Yeah. Um, I got to be Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise one year. Oh my gosh, did you wear a bald cap? No, I mostly just had, my dad went to some sort of con and came back with, oh I think gosh. all he came back with three of the Starfleet uniforms. Your dad must have been so excited. <laughs> yeah, it was a very good day. Um, so then you go out and you go trick-or-treating, and it's very good and very fun, and you come home, and there's lots of rituals for what you do with the candy afterwards, like candy trading. Uh, a couple of years, we played candy poker, which was very exciting for me, but I was too young to really understand it, so I usually just got taken to the cleaners. I mean, I was smart about it. I would get out before. Anyway, these days, trick-or-treating, because Henry's too young to be trick-or-treating. He is a very, very small child. Uh, some call them babies. And... um I think it's still great because it's basically like a dope costume fashion show where we can sit outside. You can sit outside and just here comes a bunch of folks, usually little little kids, and it's good. They dress up like little barn animals and that's good shit. Or alternatively, they dress up like some sort of murderous ghoul demon and that is also very good shit. Like seeing a little kid like wearing just a demon costume or like, yeah. I'm a murderer. Like, oh shit. Great. Yeah. You're five. That's wild. But I'm, I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let me tell you something that as far as I know only happens in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, you can look this up. The phenomenon of trick-or-treating in St. Louis is such that when you ring somebody's doorbell and say trick or treat, they expect you to tell a joke. Yeah. And this was always a little stressful. I, I used to try and like lift from other trick or treaters I would run into along the way. Well, that, but then you hit the same houses as them. And then the people hand out the candy is like, I already heard that one. Did that not happen? You never get caught? Yeah, I definitely feel like people have demanded multiple jokes because oh, there was this God. pressure of like really delivering. Maybe I can understand why you do not celebrate this holiday as intensely. As well, I that do. and also, um, oh, you weren't allowed to have candy. Holy no, shit! I completely forgot. No, it wasn't that. It was it was that there was a misconception that I had a chocolate allergy when I was a kid. Right. So I didn't have chocolate until I was about ten or eleven years God. old, which made Halloween kind of a just a tidal wave of things I couldn't enjoy. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it's not a great holiday for Rachel. But. But. Dots. You got dots. and you The get joke so- telling thing. I didn't realize that was regional until I moved away and nobody was prepared to deliver on that. Yeah, that's very, very stressful. Yeah. Speaking of regional weirdness, I think okay. this is the thing you wanted to talk about. Yes, definitely. Uh, when I moved to Austin, I think it was my first Halloween here, and I asked Rachel, when is trick or treat this year? And Rachel looked at me like I was just the dumbest person alive legitimately could not remember what day of the year halloween was on but that is because i am from huntington west virginia and in huntington west virginia and lots of other places not lots of other places a few other places i think ohio has the tightest concentration of places that do this uh trick-or-treating happened on a different day than halloween um and there are a few different reasons for this. Uh, first of all, Halloween night, everybody, not everybody, but uh, certain irresponsible parties go out and they get fucked up and then they drive around and that is not an especially good cocktail for a bunch of kids dressed up like fucking ninjas or Batman or inter dark clothes thing here, um, which I totally get, right? Uh, the other reason, and I, I was kind of researching this and there is very, there's very little SEO for this phrase of like, why is trick or treat not on Halloween? But one thing that I found is it's uh, kind of prevalent in rural communities where if Halloween falls uh, on a weekend, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, they will traditionally move it to the Thursday before. If it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it can be on that day. But if it's on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they move it to the Thursday before. You want to guess the reason for that? In rural communities, um, I mean, I'm guessing in rural communities, houses are so far apart that they do trick-or-treating somewhere else. No, it's because they're trying to counter-program against, like, high school football games and church events. Oh. Yeah. Um, I guess that maybe that's not necessarily uh, inherently a rural community thing, but, like, everything that I found, uh, there are very few major cities that do this. Um, and so, yeah, in Huntington, it was just always kind of all over the place. And that news would be distributed like on the radio and on TV and in the paper, like trick or treating is going to happen yeah, f- at this very set that. point. How, how did everybody find out? Everybody knew. Everybody, everybody, 
when you when you grow up with it and you live in that a, a town with it, you just kind of come to expect it and and know to look out for it. Sometimes this day has another name. They refer to it as Beggar's Night. It's a very good name for it. Uh, sometimes a town will do a Beggar's Night, and then kids will also try to trick or treat on Halloween. And I definitely appreciate that. Um, and that that entrepreneurial spirit. But yeah. I can finally explain to you why I trick-or-treated on a different night than Halloween growing up if it was on a weekend. I mean, I kind of, I kind of get it. I mean, like, as far as school went, I know that there were certain days assigned where we would wear our costumes to school. Mm. I still remember this because in third grade, I think, uh, this kid I went to school with showed up as a cereal box, um, but holding a plastic knife and was a serial killer. It's very good, but not for school, probably. In, like, third grade, and he got in a lot of trouble. Yeah, imagine that. Um, and I just remember thinking, like, that's clever. But? But whose parent would allow that to happen? Yeah. I mean, uh, like, concerns about safety has also given rise to trunk or treat, where, which will take place in, like, uh, you know, a church parking lot, or I guess really any parking I lot. I think our daycare is doing that this year, actually. Yeah, where you just go around to people's cars, and they give you candy out of the back of their trunk, and you which do that. Which also seems a little suspect to me. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, trick-or-treating, it rules no matter what age you are. I'm very much looking forward to... Uh, probably here in a couple of years, taking taking Henry trick or treating, which will be very fun. But I'm also looking forward to just the the parade of all the costumes mm-hmm. this year. It'll be fun. Um, hey, can I maybe steal you away though for like a minute? I mean, Halloween. Do Halloweens? Do you can have we one? tag team? Let's tag team. Oh. Turn into a horse. <laughs> why, why a horse? I don't know. It's unexpected. It's a nature comedy. <laughs> um, our sponsors this week. I'm so excited to talk to you about them. They don't exist. <laughs> we don't have sponsors this week. <laughs> I'm so excited though. I can't, what am I supposed to do with this excitement, babe? Where am I supposed to put this energy? Our sponsors this week include uh, just love, love, and um, Halloween, and Halloween, got togetherness, p- togetherness, and um, it's just uh, kindness. Kindness is up there. Mm-hmm. Shit, dude. I have jumbotrons though. Can I do those? Yes, please. This first one is for Livy, uh, aka Larvia, and it's from Sophie, aka Schlarfy. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Schlarfy says happy belated birthday to the wonderful person who introduced me to the McElroys and all of their good good content i'm so glad to have you as a friend larvy and schlarfy just two good buds keeping it real better watch out though for the um you better watch out you better watch out though for the bug man come hold on what's a scary thing like a vampire vampire oh god don't even get you now that was too scary babe oh i'm sorry um taxes <laughs> this message is for jenna it is from thalia happy birthday to my best friend in the world i am so glad you were born let's keep kicking trivia's ass together i think you rock a lot of birthdays and a lot of friends a lot of friends <laughs> a lot of birthdays a lot of birthdays and a lot of theme song should that be our new stinger into the money zone oh i would do anything to get off this home improvement train it's been you just screaming off the tracks have for been so, so insistent that we continue so it. long i would love to leave it um jenna happy birthday Thalia, fantastic name i think you both rock go fuck that trivia up heavens are stacks of unread books taking over your apartment do you constantly miss your train stop because you're caught up in reading i'm bria grant and i'm mallory o'mara we party hard and by party hard we mean read books so join us every thursday on reading glasses a maximum fun podcast about reading and book culture get more out of your reading life we'll help you conquer your to be read pile get out of that book slump and squeeze more reading time into your busy day learn Learn how how to read read better better. wow that was good (laughs) Do you want to tell me about your second thing? Yes. In a Halloween theme. Oh, gosh. Uh, semi-permanent hair dye. <laughs> Specifically manic panic. What are you? I don't know what the, I don't know what any of this is. 
Oh, see, I thought maybe this would happen. Uh, Manic Panic are those little four ounce jars of like brightly colored hair dye. Okay. That you could get uh, at Sally Beauty Beauty Supply, for example. This is nepotism. Uh, So uh, you may all not know, I used to work at Sally Beauty Supply when I was in college for about two years. Uh, and it was just super fun around Halloween. People would come in. Model looking. employee, by the way, based on some of the stories I've heard. Just, uh, <laughs> that was a culture created by my manager. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sally. Sally. I hope you like my beauty supplies. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know why I'm judging you. I was never great in any of the retail jobs yeah. I um, attended, but that was largely due to the culture. Let's just say we were... Um, encouraged to use products and then place them back on the shelf holy shit (laughs) we all would regularly paint our nails and then put the bottle of nail polish back on the shelf my bad behavior was due to a culture created by weed mostly i think probably (laughs) i can't believe you stole did you steal manic panic ever no but you would use it and put it back on the shelf well no you can't steal hair dye and put it back on the shelf It's a perfect crime. Once you pop that top, there is no returning. That's fair. Uh, Manic Panic comes in super bright colors like ultraviolet, vampire red, cotton candy pink, psychedelic sunset, electric lizard. Um, These sound delicious, which I know is mm -hmm. wrong. Last four to six weeks. uh, And is this when you you told me that you dyed your hair blue? Is this what I never did blue? I did purple Purple. and red. Is Is this what that was? Purple. Yes. The thing that I loved about semi-permanent hair dye as a kid, especially like around Halloween time, is it's one of the only things you can access, you know, as a teen um, on your own. Like you take your money and you go to the store and you can buy it and nobody can stop you, you know? And then you've dyed your hair on a semi-permanent basis. Yeah, I just, it it was like, it was an act of rebellion that was fully accessible. You didn't have to like break any laws to rebel in this way. Uh, when did you start? When did you start doing this? And was this like middle a, school? And, and you would just do it around Halloween, or you would do it frequently? Not frequently, because I think it's balling. Uh, so the thing that's kind of fun about Manic Panic, it was started by sisters Tish and Snooky Belomo. Is that the fun thing? The fucking names are the best names I've ever heard. Uh, they opened a boutique in St. Mark's Place in New York's East Village uh, in 1977. Uh, and it was kind of like a punk rock thing. They were both musicians. Uh, they sang back up with Blondie. Holy shit. Uh, and had their own punk band. Did they and help Blondie get that get that look going? I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, probably, definitely, sure. Uh, and they were known for having kind of wild hair color. And in the uh 70s they started selling the hair dye and then quickly that became their whole business before it was like vintage clothing the whole like aesthetic and then it became just hair dye do these come in the little bottles that are like see-through and you can see like the yeah, bright color exactly. okay i know exactly that's what i meant the about. little four ounce jars yeah for like, sure like little candles almost with like um, black print on them mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah the, the the label says live fast and dye your hair Oh, that's fun. It's See, fun. they're right there. It's punk rock, but they're also having a lot of fun with it. Uh, so they now have 44 shades of hair color, uh, 11 shades of styling gel, 48 shades of lipstick, 32 eye colors, glitters, nail polishes, etc. All vegan, cruelty-free. Um, and, and yeah, I just, I brought it up because there's something really fun to me. And and granted, I haven't dyed my hair in maybe twenty years now. Sure. At this point, yeah. But I get it. It's like a, it's like a an identity thing. Like you're planting like your the flag. Spirit in the of Halloween too. It's like you know I can become a totally different person by doing this. Yeah. Temporary fun thing. I always wanted to do that. Um, not necessarily a, a a manic panic color necessarily, but for a while. Um, I was into Green Day for about four weeks, uh-huh. and I wanted the jet black look for like a yeah. second. Oh um, my gosh, with your blue eyes, Griffin? No, I, it would be very much uh, that'd be, that'd be Billy, striking. B- Billy Joe, what's... Armstrong. King. Billy Jean King. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's not who it was. Um, yeah, Billy Joe Armstrong, that look, that fierce look. I thought that would look good. One time at church camp, I did get Liberty Spikes. 
Oh my gosh, I don't know this story at all. Okay, I was at church camp and some kid had hair gel. And I was like, can you give me Liberty Spikes? And he was like, yeah, but I had my like really like thick. Yeah, your floppy hair. Floppy, matted, <laughs> just sort of spongy hair. And uh, it essentially looked like udders. It looked like udders, <laughs> like small nipples appearing from my head instead of these tall, proud spires. That does actually remind me, um, part of the curse of manic panic that you do not get appropriate information on as a kid uh it will stain absolutely everything oh yeah so they actually say if you look on their website they say in the instructions do not use in your shower (laughs) (laughs) um because that was exactly what happened to me it's it stained our our bathtub and my hands if you don't put vaseline on your skin it will stain your scalp uh none of these things did I know to do in advance? Oh, uh, babe, that's so, so fucking rock much and roll. The, though the whole bathroom was purple. How did that, my How did Dave and Linda take it when you had that hair? You know, it came out. My mom actually, uh, to her credit, um, was always very supportive of uh, of hair dye. Not sure. that she encouraged it, but she uh, would allow my friends to come over and dye their hair at our house too. It and was if just you got some of... hair dye in your hair, then say lovey. <laughs> Somehow it always came out. I don't know what she did or how it happened, but um, I'm talking about your hair. Like oh. you come up, you come downstairs. You're like, my hair's yeah. purple now. Well, here's the thing: I never bleached it, uh, and so I it have, was never like especially. Yeah, I have relatively dark brown hair, so whenever I would dye it, kind of an extreme color, yeah. it would one, it would wash out in a few weeks, and it would also never be like bright. Uh, so yeah, it, it was not particularly damaging or wild. We should dye our hair and just roll up to daycare the next day. Like this is us. That's what this show's about. <laughs> do you want my second thing? Yes, please. So I want to do a movie. I want to talk about a spooky movie. It's very hard to find one that has sort of stood up against the test of time and oh, is a true Halloween movie. And I wanted of, to do the same thing, and then I kept reviewing these thoughts I had, and I was like, this is not appropriate. This is not really appropriate. <laughs> and I think that's because like there's a lot of you know shitty, shitty tropes in these movies that maybe haven't aged very well. Um, largely because I think this genre birthed a lot of these shitty tropes. So much misogyny, too. Like, wildly, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, not just that, but just harmful depictions of every imaginable. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, so, uh, and I'm not saying that this movie is free of it, but it is, I, I think, uh, a movie that gets gets uh, by just by being a lot of fun for the most part and very campy for the most part. And the more I thought about it, like while there are a lot of Halloween, a lot, a lot of like scary movies that I really love, I love the thing and I love, uh, alien and aliens. I don't necessarily think that those are great Halloween movies. Yeah, I, I of, thought when you were going to talk about a movie, you were maybe going to talk about the thing. Uh, no, I, I do enjoy the thing quite a bit. I only saw it for the first time a few years ago and it scared the shit out of me. And I thought it was a, a very good film. The movie, though, that I came back to that I really wanted to talk about is the one that I feel like I watch every Halloween, and it is Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Oh, my gosh. How did I forget about that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Evil Dead 2 is just a movie I want to watch on every Halloween. I think it is a perfect sort of Halloween movie, um, and it sort of represents kind of my favorite type of scary movie, which is a scary movie uh, that is just fun and funny and oh, and so campy, campy. Yeah. Uh, and i think that evil dead 2 like does all that stuff really well so if you've never seen it it is strange it's a strange like categorization of films because it is a sequel but it also opens up with like an extended like 15 minute long recap of the first movie but it's not a recap they shot new stuff with uh fewer characters they cut two characters completely out like it's uh uh, ash uh driving uh in this old car with his girlfriend and two buddies up to this cabin in the woods um and horrible things happen to them in evil dead one and evil dead two it opens up and it's just ash and his girlfriend and his girlfriend's played by a different actress and the two buddies just aren't in the car and then they continue to play out the first movie in 15 minutes. Yeah. So this is kind of embarrassing, but probably totally understandable. I did not realize that it was just a remake. I thought it was a sequel. So it is a, just, it is happened. A, that's to what I'm basically saying. Basically the same movie again. That's what I'm saying. It is a sequel. It, the, the categorization that the film studio used, as far as I can tell, was parody sequel, which is buck wild, a fucking like <laughs> yeah. wild way to describe any movie. Also, it's evil dead too. It is a, it is a it is a sequel and anyway um evil dead one is is okay i think it is a a laudable film for what it achieved for uh, i think it was made with 
uh, $33. Um, and it sort of established, uh, a lot of things about Sam Raimi's career and this, this, this genre and like how much, like the special effects, specifically the gore for what they had was pretty, pretty phenomenal. And it had sort of that dynamic, uh, editing and the, a lot of the chase cams, maybe a little bit too much of the chase cams that would continue to be in the rest of the films. But Evil Dead 2, uh, is, I think, a, a much better movie because it does not take itself nearly as seriously as Evil Dead 1. And I think it is the film that more than any other he made, uh, that Sam Raimi made, like, really, really encapsulates his, his oeuvre. Well, and he, so you can tell after the first one, I think he recognized kind of the talents of Bruce Campbell because yeah. he gives him a lot more to do in the second one. And it is, it is so much more entertaining. Right. In the first one, he is just sort of a handsome action star hero. And there's some, there's some comedic stuff kind of in the first one, but in the second one, it's like, okay, Bruce, just fucking have fun, dude. And I'm so glad that that did happen because some of those scenes are, are, this is almost like a super gory, sometimes scary slapstick comedy movie. Um, a lot of that tone came from the, uh, collaboration of Scott Spiegel, uh, who co-created this movie with, uh, Sam and had worked with him on some like short experimental films when they were much younger. Um, and he just insisted that, that Evil Dead 2 have this like way less serious tone, um, and they, they, they lived together with, uh, like the Cohen brothers. They made a movie, Sam Raimi made a movie with the Cohen brothers and I can't remember crime wave, I think is what it was called. I've never oh, seen it. I never one. even heard of it. Um, but they were living together and with like Francis McDormand and, uh, the Cohen brothers and a bunch of people. And while they were working on that movie, they, they hashed this one out. Um, and Scott Spiegel helped kind of give it this, this comedic tone. Um, and, the result of that is like, there are so many sight gags in this movie. I've seen it probably 20 times. And every time I watch it, it like, there's just some little thing in the background. Um, a lot of it is very like in your face, the entire extended hallucination sequence where the, uh, various objects in the cabin are laughing at, uh, oh my gosh, that's at so creepy. Ash. It's very, very creepy, which is another thing that I want to talk about. Uh, but there is a, uh, also an extended, almost like old Looney Tune style Bugs Bunny pranking Elmer Fudd style fight between yes. Ash and his own disembodied hand that takes up, um, when you're watching it, it feels like approximately three quarters of the movie. Um, uh, but it is very good. And there is a section in which, uh, Ash finally gets the better of the hand and traps him under a big pile of books at the top of which is. A farewell to arms. Yes, it's fucking yeah. great. It's like, and there's stuff like that all throughout the movie. And you just mentioned it, but that mix of comedy and horror, yeah, well, it's, makes it both feels, so much stronger. I it feel feels like. delirious. You it know, does. It feels like when you're slap happy because you're exhausted. Well, and also when you're laughing, and then all of a sudden the monster in the basement punches up through the floor and drags this, this guy to his bloody death. It's like. Am I supposed to be laughing? Like the, the, the whiplash from that is like really dramatic. And then when you're really scared and something really funny happens, like the relief that you feel from that makes it all the more relieving. Also making it very scary is that claymation in old movies like this scare the fucking piss out of me. <laughs> Large Marge, tell them Large Marge sent you and Pee Wee's Big Adventure scares me to death every time I'm 30 years old. <laughs> uh, so I was going to ask you, do you remember when you first saw it? Uh, let's see. I was in college. Me too. I was going to say it felt like the perfect college movie. Absolutely. It felt like a movie that I could, like me and my dumb friends who were making movies in college could have absolutely made, even though that's like hubris, but it was kind of almost the story of, of at the very least the first, uh, the first one, um, they, Sam Raimi really wanted to do the Middle Ages stuff, which is, uh, com- comprises, uh, Evil Dead 3 Army of Darkness, yeah. which at that point is just a straight up action movie. I feel like there is not even a little bit of yeah. horror in, in that one. Um, and the, he requested, there was, I forget the numbers, but he requested like six million and they're like, sorry, we can only give you five million. He's like, well, I can't do the Middle Ages stuff. And so they saved it for Army of Darkness. Oh, okay. Um, Army of Darkness is fine also. Evil Dead 2 is, I, in my opinion, just, just, it is 
uh sam raimi's best movie it is the most like and i feel like it's the movie he's been trying to make again a little bit uh which there's absolutely no problem with that um i just think it's the most fucking fun and i look forward to watching it every year and it's super gory and i'm really into like old special effects practical effects shit and that is like all that this is and then there's just like so much humor all throughout that i did not catch the first 20 times i saw it no it's it's a great great movie yeah my friends and i would watch it i think year round in college uh because it, it we we got really into horror movies uh which can be kind of exhausting if you watch too many of them and yeah. this one is so refreshing it is uh it's good good pick Thank you. Although I will say we usually watch it on Halloween night. We've done that a few years in a row now when the trick-or-treaters are coming by. And it's like you can't. there are very few frames of that movie that are okay for like a kid to see through your blinds. Very true. Um, Do you want to hear some submissions? Yes, please. Some spooky submissions from these ghouls and zombies. I just realized that I keep saying yes, please to you. It's a little embarrassing. It's what you say to me when I ask you if you wanted coffee in the morning. Um... (laughs) Uh, so this one was sent in by Carly, who said, I work in the food service industry, and I've worked every Halloween. This isn't a bad thing, though. My, though my favorite Halloween thing is dressing up at work. Nothing compares to the image of a barbershop quartet introducing an a la carte menu and a silver-painted host dressed as the moon, me, uh, seating and bussing tables at a fine dining establishment. Oh, that is fun. I like it. Not, not just like at restaurants, but just anywhere. If I go and everybody's dressed up in costumes, it's fantastic. Yeah, I do actually. And, and something specifically about restaurants too makes it fun. I, I will say at, a, at an office environment, there's something a little less fun about it because you are still making copies and making copies. Yes, Griffin has never worked in an <laughs> office. <laughs> I assume the SNL character. No, I know. But when you work in the office, you all don't do that nonstop? I would. That's the only reason to work in an office for me. Are you going to make coffee? Making coffee. (laughs) I love you, Griffin. Uh, Here's another one from Austin who says, I love getting whiffs of that uniquely stanky smell from the Halloween decoration tub that's been in the garage all year. It is old vinyl, taffy residue, or pumpkin stink? Sorry, that was a question. Is it old vinyl, taffy residue, or pumpkin stink? Only the ghosts know. I will add on to that. Anytime you open up an old box, usually decorations, because what other thing do you have to get out of your garage ever on an annual basis? And you catch a breath of that old air that smells like the holiday from last year. Am I over romanticizing this too much? No, that's good. I just never really thought about that as a tangible thing, but it's When true. we open up our Christmas decoration box, there's going to be a smell in there. And it's unique and indescribable, but it does exist. And you open it, and you're like, ah, time to begin. Should we start trapping smells regularly? Yeah, I mean, I, you know. Like when Henry takes his first steps, should we like bottle up that air? his foot smell. (laughs) Um, Steven says, one of my absolute favorite things about the Halloween season is the prevalence of theremin and harpsichord usage in the seasonal songs for the spooky feeling. I love these instruments, and this time of the year always feels like their time to shine. Can't get enough of spooky music. Have a good one. Not a whole lot of opportunities for the theremin to really get out there and do its thing. Yeah, you know, Halloween music does remind me, though, of A Nightmare Before Christmas, which I thought about bringing up for this week's episode because of the Halloween stuff. Yes, a lot of harpsichord in that one. A great deal of harpsichord in that one. Not enough theremin, I feel like. That was my only criticism of the film. (laughs) There's a theremin at Guitar Center, the one down the street, and so I always, like stop in just to see if like maybe i'm a secret virtuoso no it is an impossible instrument to play imagine trying to play um a violin only it's fucking invisible yeah i've seen people play that before in concerts and it's incredible to watch uh one last one this one is from uh alan who says uh in my neighborhood and in many around the area we do something called booing where after dark or sometimes earlier for families with small kids who go to bed early We'll either run or drive over to the house in which we plan to boo. Are you ready for this? It's so good. I don't know. And we stealth drop a bag of Halloween goodies, candy, Halloween magazines, little toys, glowy eyes for pumpkins on their porch. Ring the doorbell and book it. It's it's, uh, anonymous unless someone spills the beans or you get caught, and it goes for all October. There's also the Halloween block party screaming contest, but that ranks second. Hey, Alan. sweet. It's extremely sweet. I think you live in like... 1958 yeah it feels like the what happened in bedford falls in it's a wonderful life absolutely 
they should make it It's a Wonderful Life Halloween movie. Can you imagine? But Clarence is a little demon. No, it sounds too spooky. But it's fun. They'd have fun with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that's going to do it, I think, for us. Yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have a very safe and spooky Halloween. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus. Augustus. <laughs> for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. It's a very good theme song, and you can find a link to it in the description of this episode. Anything else? Uh, thank you. We got a bunch of great stuff in our PO box, but we do not have the list in front of us. We will be sure to thank you next week. Yeah. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us. Oh, that PO box is PO box 66639 Austin, Texas. PO box 666 Halloween 66639 Austin, Texas 78766. When the uh, people at the post office gave me that box, they were like, whoa. And I was like, there's at least a thousand of these. Like, why are you so, (laughs) (laughs) there's a thousand of these. You have to, anyway, uh, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us. You can go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. That's nothing. But if you do want to get Jumbotrons, I'm glad I accidentally said that because they <laughs> are going back on sale uh, Wednesday, November 1st uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific time. They'll be selling spots uh, available for the first six months of 2018. Go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron for more details. Yeah, for those of you that were still hoping to get a Jumbotron in for Wonderful this year, we are sold out. Yeah. So if you want to get on top of next year, this is your chance. Hop on it. Uh, I think that's maybe it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Have a fun Halloween. Get lots of candy. Sorry we were a day late. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patience and your prayers. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hello, I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher, hosts of MaximumFun.org's Ono, Ross, and Carrie. We wanted to tell you the good news that our podcast is now weekly. Yeah, weekly. On Ono, Ross, and Carrie, we don't make extraordinary claims. We investigate them. We go undercover with fringe religious groups, investigate paranormal claims, and participate in pseudoscientific medical treatments and report our findings to you. In a time where alternative facts reign supreme, we cut through the murky spin to give you the real deal on topics like UFOs, the anti-vaccination movement, Scientology, and even apocalyptic churches. We're even undercover for some very exciting investigations right now. Well, not right now, right now. Yeah, that would be unwise. That's Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org. We show up so you don't have to.